welcome. This is Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital, Trinity Health of New England, coming to you live via telephone um, as my guests, too, will be joining us. We're maintaining our social distancing more than six feet, but um, we are maintaining our distancing to keep the WATR studio safe um, to ensure that we don't have so many guests and myself in and out of the studio to keep their staff safe. We want to thank you again for joining us on our edition of Medically Speaking. Um, We're doing some of the same things that the TV studios are doing. I notice on all the different programs, Good Morning America and some of the news stations, there are, some of them are uh, reporting live from home. So you consider us doing the same. We are going to continue our conversations as we did um, a couple of weeks ago with Dr. John Rodis from uh, St. Francis Hospital, Trinity Health of New England. And we're going to focus on COVID. And we focused a lot um, on COVID-19 with Dr. Rodis talking about some of the challenges um, that the institutions are facing um, with COVID-19 and also when treating our patients. What we want to focus on today is some of our community outreach. So I'm very honored to have joined us today a new member of our Trinity Health of New England, Dr. Manjula Chirakuri. Hi, Doc. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And you are one of our newest um, members of our family. And I want to officially welcome you as part of Trinity Health of New England. You are a new medical director of the Trinity Health of New England Medical Group, correct? Yes, ma'am, I am. Yes, I joined about a month back. I moved here from Texas and love the Trinity Health family. I appreciate the opportunity to join the Trinity Health family and love the work that we all together are doing here. Oh, that's wonderful. So you come to us from Texas. What, um, what was your previous life in Texas in medicine? So I'm a family physician by training, and through the course of the past 15 years, my career spanned over several leadership roles, including the chief medical officer, chief quality officer, and most recently as the chief medical officer of a medical group similar to this in Houston, Texas. So coming up here a month ago, as this was approaching, were you fearful of what the challenges were going to be for yourself? Not fearful because when I uh, when I decided or made the decision to join here before that, of course, uh, um, I spoke with Trinity Health family, know about the Trinity Health. A lot of efforts mm-hmm. that we are doing here had an opportunity to come and visit and look at lots right. of efforts that are going on. So, I would I wouldn't say that I was fearful. Uh, I would say that I wanted to make sure that I actually can contribute, like every other team member is mm-hmm. contributing. And I want right. to make sure that I can step up to the plate and do the same thing that all the team members are doing it here. So uh, that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I'm trying to do here, yes. And you are definitely accomplishing that in the short amount of time that I've known you and the conversation that we had um, last week. I am so impressed with your spirit and with your drive to get us over Thank this you. and be part of our team to assist in getting getting that done. And I know one of the biggest focuses for you is getting the resources out to the community. So, 
you know, what we wanted to talk a bit about tonight was, you know, talk about our our new efforts making it community-centered with our virtual visits and our Fury Clinics, which we're going to talk a bit about. And also, you know, talking about utilizing these resources and what it means after COVID-19 and how maybe this telemedicine that we're using will become maybe the new normal in treating some of our patients. So I wanted to start maybe with the Fury Clinics and maybe explaining to our community what that resource is for them. Absolutely. Yes, this is the Trinity Health Response, a broader emergency health response to the coronavirus. It is a very community-centered effort. These clinics, the FURY stands for Fever Upper Respiratory Tract Infection Clinics. So these clinics are focused to see the patients who are having fever and upper respiratory tract infection, which is like cough, maybe runny nose and shortness of breath. So the patients are uh, sick but not sick enough that they have to be actually going to the ED or the hospital. And right. so these clinics workflow, how it happens is the patient, we encourage the patient to call the clinic directly or to call their primary care provider and primary care provider can call this clinic after they assess on the phone and decide that, you know, somebody has to put a stethoscope on the chest of this patient and listen to them. And if they actually feel that the patient has to come for a face-to-face visit, that's when the visit right. happens. Uh, minimally ill patients are still advised to stay at home with enhanced self-monitoring and all the instructions are provided and we do monitor them very carefully. Uh, But if the patient has to be seen face-to-face visit, we have this specific location assigned for that purpose, which is dedicated to assess, treat, and reassure the people. You know, and I... I was so impressed when I first heard about the Fury Clinic, and I was in a meeting with our medical group, and one of our physicians was speaking of it, and as I, as I understood the process, I thought, this is ingenious, because the focus is to try to keep the patients in one identified location so that they're not spread out. Exactly, and you you got it right. The whole idea of this is, one, to divert the people with uh, symptoms possibly could be COVID-19, but with symptoms similar to that, like upper respiratory tract symptoms and fever, away from the emergency departments and general practices. So in that way, not only does this reduce the demand for these traditional services, but also potentially limits the spread of the disease among these vulnerable populations, especially such as our elderly patients. So, yes, that's why I say that this is a very community-centered service that we are offering for our community to make sure that we keep them healthy. And I can can tell you, you all of our medical group, of course, knows of the Fury Clinic, so we're pretty... I think our physicians within the Trinity Health of New England Medical Group are pretty well-versed on when they're speaking with the patient, either on the phone. And we're going to talk more about the triage of the audio and face-to-face and then the telemedicine. But, you know, when they're talking to the patient on the phone and they're triaging them on the phone or they're doing a telemedicine visit with the patient, they know when they get to the point where, you know what, I need this patient seen before I just send them for a test because they're concerned to maybe just have them checked. What is that deciding factor where a physician would think they need a more hands-on approach? 
good question. So there are actually clinical protocols that we have developed with the CDC guidance, which okay. basically goes through a set of questions when we are triaging the patient. Most importantly, it is it is going to be based on the clinical judgment, of course, but also it guides the clinician who is triaging the patient. If uh, they have a low-grade fever and just some runny nose and maybe mild cough, but they're able to communicate well, they're able to uh, oral intake is well, and uh, everything is going okay, then again, like I said, the minimally ill patients are advised to stay at home. But if they're actually shortness of breath or if they have some chronic comorbidities, like if they say, you know, I'm actually having a underlying asthma history or cardiac mm. history, and now I'm having some shortness of breath and I have these new symptoms, or they came in contact with a known COVID-positive patient, uh, either within their family or uh, within the place where they are at, or they have just recently returned from uh, a high-risk place, either locally or internationally, and they're having these symptoms, uh, including the shortness of breath, then uh, we do ask them to come in to rule out pneumonia to make sure that uh, their shortness of breath or their hypoxia, as we call, is not severe enough that they have to be actually admitted and monitored, and uh, also if the testing is required and all that stuff. And, you know, one of the things in, in you is so important is that shortness of breath. And these clinics, the beauty of the clinics is we have ability to do a chest x-ray on the patient. Yes. So uh, we have four clinics in the region. And uh, all four clinics, one of them have the chest x-ray facility internally inside it. But rest of the three clinics have the chest x-ray facility outside of them, but very nearby. And we collaborate with our colleagues at the radiology in such a way that the infection control precautions are carefully followed both at the clinic and also when they reach the radiology department. And our radiology departments have been great. What I've been hearing from a lot of the providers at our Fury Fury clinics is as soon as they're doing the chest x-ray, they have the reading right away. So, you know, everybody works as a team to get the best possible diagnosis of the patient so we know what to do next. Absolutely. And they have been a wonderful, wonderful collaborators. Uh, and they, the, the provider will know the result immediately and they will be able to communicate with the patient. We have heard extremely positive feedback from the patients who have been seen in these clinics, not only about their visit, but also the follow-through of that. And if the patient, if they feel the patient really is is someone that should be tested, then we send them to the secure testing location, right? So, yes, we have developed our occupational health department has been immensely helpful uh, in developing a testing criteria. Again, follow the CDC guidance. Not every every patient needs the testing, but some patients will benefit from uh, having the testing done. So we follow that criteria to make sure that we are utilizing our resources efficiently. And based on that, based on the clinical judgment, if a testing is required in all the four locations, uh, we do have the facility to send them to the drive-through or nearby testing location that we have where they can be tested. Do you, are, are you aware if these types of clinics are anywhere else in the United States, or are we kind of unique right here with this? So Trinity Health has them. As you know, Trinity Health is a big system. It is there in different states, and uh, several of the states have adopted the similar uh, philosophy of the community-centered Fury Clinics uh, and mm-hmm. have implemented that in several uh, locations in the United States. 
I do know that uh, this concept uh, was there in uh, and also is there in China. Uh, they do call them fever clinics, and uh, also wow. in Australia, I think they are starting similar concept. But in uh, United States, uh, my understanding is from Trinity Health, uh, we are uh, we started it, and I'm sure there are going to be more adopters because people want to follow the best practices, and I would love to see more of them definitely. And I'll tell you, you know, you make a great point, Doc, because being part of a larger system, we have so many more colleagues and collaboration possibilities, and these ideas may come from one of our sister hospitals, you know, miles away, but are shared regionally for us to grab onto um, for continuity of care for our patients, and it's just such a wonderful resource. Absolutely. You asked me when we started the program coming from Texas, uh, and uh, that's uh, another great resource. In uh, in Texas also, I had the opportunity to work with big systems like this, and uh, when I came here, uh, that's the exact thing, that uh, it's, uh, like it's a big system, so from the best practices standpoint, either we are doing it and uh, the system is adopting it, or the system is doing it and we are adopting it, or maybe we're all doing it together and we are evolving it much more faster for our patients. So it's a it's a wonderfully mutual learning experience between our collaborators and ourselves in the different states and different regions. It definitely is. I'm being part of the system at any level. Um, even myself being being a nurse and a liaison, I have a larger resource of all these hospitals that I collaborate with every month, and it's incredible what you learn. So, you know, I, I think it bears saying that, you know, we have this vast pool of resources where when you're a small community hospital, you don't necessarily have that. So medicine has changed. Absolutely, and it's important for us to learn from each other because medicine not only changed, but it's evolving every day, right? And with COVID-19 right. now, it feels like it's evolving every hour. So it's important for us to learn from each other and go fast like that and not remain status quo So for our patients. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I want to make sure that the community knows for sure if they want to or they feel that they need a more hands-on approach, can they just, they need to call the Fury Clinics first, correct, or call their primary care, as you said? Yes, the Fury Clinics are not a walk-in clinic, and again, for a specific reason, because we want to make sure that if the patient doesn't have to come into the clinic and that doesn't have to be exposed to anything, then we would like to make sure that we have the opportunity to triage the patient and right. keep the patient at home with enhanced self-monitoring. That's the reason Fury Clinics are not walk-in clinics. We encourage the patient to either call the Fury Clinic directly or call their primary care provider who can who are welcome to direct them to us. And at that point, we are already informed that patient is coming. We know patient is coming. We know why patient is coming. So we prepare everything that is necessary uh, from uh, personal protective equipment to, to any tests that we feel like patient might need. So we are ready for the patient, and that will be a very smooth visit for the patient. Excellent. So if you want to know more about the Fury Clinics um, and or for yourself or your families or your friends, you can go on our Trinity Health of New England website locally here for St. Mary's, stmh.org, or you can go on trinityhealthofne.org, 
and there's an area that says coronavirus, what you need to know, and you click on Fury Clinics, F-U-R-I, and you scroll down and it will give you the four locations and the four phone numbers of the various locations. And there's one in um, Hartford, there's one in Farmington, there's one in Cheshire, and one in Massachusetts for our sister hospital, Mercy Hospital, um, and it's in Westfield, Mass, in Massachusetts. So just to make sure we give that information out, and I'll give it again at the end of the program. Um, And now as we're looking at how COVID-19 has changed our lives personally, professionally sometimes to some degree, but also changing how we're providing care for our patients, we're turning more to technology to serve our patients. And I know that this is a huge interest of yours, Doc, and I would love for us to expand on it a bit. So you started out when we were talking the other day first with the audio visits. And then, you know, moving ourselves to the more virtual visit of telemedicine. So maybe we start with our with what we're using for technology to assist our patients. Absolutely, great question. Yes, that is one of my passions also. But in this in, in this environment, and I actually be, uh, believe that uh, I know that it is going to evolve even more post COVID. The, from the telehealth platforms or virtual platform standpoint, we have several options for our patients, right? We understand that it is, we do not want the patients to come to the clinic if they don't need to come to the clinic and we do not want to get the patients at risk by bringing them to the clinic. But also at the same time, we do not want to cause any barriers in the access. We want to be available when the patient wants us to be available, where the patient wants us to be available. at all times and that's why we have several options for the patients. First and foremost that I would like to speak about is Zipnosis. That is one of our virtual platforms. It is actually there on our website. It is a very easy access for our patients. This is a, this platform is available 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Sunday for our patients. This is a asynchronous platform. What that means is when the, as a patient, if I'm going in and I'm pressing on the button that you see on our website, the virtual visit, then I will be taken into a very easy-to-use platform where I will be given a series of questions that I need to fill out. And the, the doctor will not be talking with you immediately, but when you are filling out, you will be filling out your symptoms. This particular platform has a lot of artificial intelligence built in, so it's very intuitive. So if I, as a patient, goes in and I'm actually putting in saying that I have a chest pain and I have shortness of breath, I'm turning blue on my face or something, then all these are red flag signs. Actually, that particular platform identifies that and it tells the patient that you are a lot more sicker, don't use this platform, go to the next one, which is like either audio or video visit, and it will actually prompt the patient to contact their doctor and how they can contact in different ways or if they have to go to the emergency room. So it's a very intuitive platform like that. On this particular platform, we see, uh, yes, the symptoms, uh, the patients with COVID-19 symptoms like upper respiratory tract infections, fever, we also see like pink eye and we also see like uh, UTI symptoms. the patient will go in, enter that uh, form, and submit it. Once it is submitted, the doctor on call, we have two doctors on call manning this platform, 7 to 7, again, Monday through Sunday. 
and doctor, the first doctor on call will get a ping saying that you have a patient waiting. So they they log in immediately and they will see who uh, what happened to the patient, what the patient filled out. And depending upon what they have read and based on the clinical judgment they make, they will make a medical decision and they will put their recommendations there, including any prescriptions that they need to fill. They will also send it to the patient's preferred pharmacy through electronic prescription. They will also attach the patient instructions to that in a detailed way of what needs to be done next uh, and also how to monitor whatever the uh, condition they complained about and all of that. And then they submit it back. When they submit it back, the patient will get a thing on their cell phone saying, your doctor has responded. So when they log in and see, they will see that their prescriptions went into the pharmacy and they have the instructions from the doc. Uh, and that's how the Zipnosis platform works. So this is the asynchronous platform where it's a very pure, straightforward platform. Uh, discussion but not like a in live discussion in a synchronous discussion i that could see said, how that would apply yeah, ahead, how that would really relate to our millennials out there yes and, <laughs> and um absolutely because you know um i have a daughter who goes to college and uh, she never calls uh, the re- restaurant right she always goes to open table to book the restaurant because that's how, how easy it is and they it's almost similar concept if you notice uh, how it is. And when you say millennials, uh, they will like it because it's, uh, it, it don't take that much time. It's very convenient and it's very straightforward. Right. And it keeps them out of the urgent cares when they don't necessarily need to go to an urgent care. You know, they don't. They they can get a yes. hold of their doctor quickly instead of waiting and and waiting in a waiting room or taking that time. If they have an issue or a problem, they could do it. Now, Doc, do they need to be an existing patient of our system? So, yes, the platform actually asks when they log in, have you seen anyone in the Trinity Health of New England in the past three years? Even if they have seen one time in the past three years, uh, it is still okay. And the reason we ask that question is for patient safety. Because what right. happens in these visits is that when uh, I submit that form as a patient, that they, this is what is going on, when the doctor reviews that form, they will actually go into the EPIC, which is the electronic medical record platform we have, and they right. will be able to pull the patient record if the patient was seen in the system in the past three years, and they will make sure that they review all the past history, even though they might be treating a pink eye maybe or uh, uh, URI or uh, upper respiratory tract infection or urinary tract infection, they want to make sure that are there any underlying conditions or are there any other right. medications that the patient may not have uh, listed here or they, are there anything that uh, that was done before that I actually want the patient to follow up, maybe something, uh, something that needed follow up and that was not followed up. So they actually pull up the chart and review the chart extensively before they give the medical uh, decision. And to That's facilitate that, uh, the, being a patient actually helps in the past. Right. That's a huge point because, you know, in the, in the, day of, in the, in the age of electronic health record, if we have um, two physicians, say, that are covering the zipnosis patients, if it mm-hmm. happens to be that I see Dr. Jones but Dr. Smith is covering, he has full access to my records. I don't necessarily have to have Dr. Jones covering 
the zipnosis. It could be one of the doctors in our medical group because he has full information. Absolutely, and such a great point you bring up because the care coordination is so, so important for us to facilitate that for our patient, not only taking care of that acute visit that they are having. Sometimes, like recently, we had a visit, and when our doctor actually reviews the chart, and if they notice that they would benefit from a visit with their specialist because they they either missed that visit or they did not have that visit, they provide that recommendation, and they also facilitate that visit with their specialist because they're in the same system. So they actually facilitate that for the patient through this uh, simple platform that they were able to communicate. So the, the care coordination happens uh, in a very patient-centered way and very very patient-safe way, actually. Yeah, you know, I, I, I am so impressed by the coordination of care and utilizing the electronic health record that we have, which is EPIC, it is an incredible system that is worldwide and used by so many different organizations and ties us to larger organizations, especially very close to us, so that continuity of care can extend even in a hospital that's not part of our system but may have used EPIC. Absolutely, and that's very important for us. We we always say here uh, that uh, for all of our team members, care coordination is like a mantra. It envelops our hospitals, our clinics, our ED, our urgent care centers. Patient could have been seen in any setting, but that provider is making sure that what's the next step the patient is going to take. Where are they going? Are they going in the right way? Are we navigating the patient in the right way? And then once they go there, do they have all the information? And who are they going to contact there? So, so that the, it will be a smooth transition for the patient when they're moving around the system. Now, if a patient goes into zipnosis and they are not, have not seen a Trinity Health of New England provider, then what happens? What is it, Trinity, they can't go any further? So there are two options, right? One option is it does ask, so if you are, are you a Trinity Health of New England uh, patient? And if the patient say, says no, the there are two options for them. It, the platform does provide an option of not to proceed any further, but if they decide okay. to proceed further, which we do have some new patients proceeding further, and we have seen actually uh, some new patients like that, if they do decide to proceed further, that is okay, but we will be able to address only that acute visit because then we are trying to make sure that we actually connect them to one of our providers, probably a primary care provider in our system, so that the patient has an established PCP and we can continue the care in the system. So that's another benefit for the patients when they come into the platform so that they can actually establish their care with the, uh, and have a medical home with us. And does that then trigger a different type of visit where they would go to a more virtual visit, a telehealth visit? Great question. So the hypnosis visits, again, those are asynchronous visits. So both new and established patients, when they come in and once the the form is submitted, when our doctor reviews the past medical record in the electronic medical record if they are existing patients or reviews what was submitted in the hypnosis and a clinical judgment is made, you know what, I want to know more about this. Uh, I need more information about this to make an appropriate, accurate medical decision. They can switch that visit to an audio visit. The audio visit is a phone call. 
to the patient and uh, where the phone number is already provided by the patient on the zipnosis and uh, the doctor will directly call the patient and say hey this is and sometimes we actually submit that back to the patient saying that we would like to convert this zipnosis uh, visit to the audio visit and we actually refer that back what that means is whatever the patient has paid on the zipnosis it won't be charged because we are actually not addressing that concern on zipnosis and we are progressing to the next visit so in that way we are saving the cost for the patient but patient also right. knows that we are progressing to the next next visit which is the audio visit where doctor directly calls the patient speaks with the patient to get more history and the details about it and the more 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 things can happen after that because we also have a video visit platform so after the audio visit if the doctor speaks with the patient and if they decide if the patient says i have a rash or i have a bump or something that need to be looked at and that has to be converted and if doctor decides it has to be converted then patient will be informed that it will be converted actually into a video visit and with patient's consent we will send just a small link it will just say accept button it is very simple from the patient's end and patient presses the accept we use a platform called clicksoft it is a hipaa secure which is patient it's not like a facebook or skype it is actually any transaction done through that the health related transaction it is a secure private platform so the the button if you press accept you start seeing your doctor's face and uh, the uh, video visit starts and they can see the rash or they can see the bump or whatever the movement they are trying to see in that and that uh, visit progresses accordingly it's amazing you know i feel you know and i'm an old timer so i feel like we've gone back to the where the doctor's going to actually call you and you're going to have a conversation with your doctor <laughs> over the phone and you actually get to do a home visit with your physician in your own home where they used to make house calls. I feel like this is going back to house calls. Absolutely and that's what we have been hearing from the feedback standpoint Robin that's what we are hearing from our patients like we just did a visit recently with a 91 year old patient. and she was not only able to do a video visit with us but her feedback to us is she was so relieved to be able to connect connect with us and see our provider's faces it provided a lot of reassurance to her most importantly it was very sweet of her because she was like she was worried about her provider too and she was glad <laughs> to hear that the provider was okay and she was glad to hear uh, see the provider with the same smile and everything so it was such a sweet feedback from her not only she loved the platform but also she loved that experience so that's what we are looking for patient experience patient satisfaction right so right we're trying to make it easier for the patient safer for the patient um and a more uh, open um relationship with our patients and attracting a different type of patient and a generation that hasn't really gone beyond their pediatricians and now utilizes walk-in minute clinics versus creating an established relationship and i think this helps that don't you doc absolutely this this platform is so wonderful because not only in the covid-19 but if you if we think forward 
this platform, like ClickSoft platform that we are using, it actually has a facility where we can do a care coordination visit through this platform. So if my patient, uh, say an oncology patient is there and uh, we have to connect with the patient and the patient normally sees a pharmacist in the visit, a doctor in the visit, a social worker in the visit, and possibly a primary care also in the visit, we can actually bring in all of them wherever they are into one visit with to the patient wherever the patient is and all of the, all of them are sitting and grouped together and have this care coordination visit together and patient is not moving around like 200 places to get this uh, done but uh, at one care coordination wow. visit this is being addressed so that's so we can have a whole panel potential. of doctors in one visit yes yes <laughs> you can have all of them and uh, and that Imagine from the patient standpoint, uh, that's what excites me, right? That's what excites the whole team is because from the patient standpoint, it's just an amazing experience because it's such a satisfaction for the patient. doesn't have to move around and can be wherever they are at the comfort of their home. Just turn on the button and speak with all the providers, right? Right. And you know what I'm thinking of, too, and I mean, this is probably really... But, you know, I, I do want to talk about this, but what I'm thinking is think about how many, well, we have a really bad winter, just say, and we're canceling so many patients and it just bogs the schedule. It, it, it ruins, you know, the care we give our patients over a period of time because we're moving patients around. But, but think about how accessible it is. We'll never have to cancel appointments. Such a good point. Just you bring up, you bring this up uh, because just this morning we were discussing uh, um, about the weather and you know me being the Texan and everything. I was like, okay, it's really going to be so cold and all of that, you know. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> so because this, this this year the winter was good, right? So I mean, I I did not have a chance to see the snow and everything. Not that I'm complaining, but. Uh, we definitely go through that here with patients and there's time yeah. you know where we'll have a good solid three or four days where it's just especially the elderly population they can't get out exactly and this is this is so much helpful for the elderly patients robin uh normally when we talk about technology the first question that comes up is can elderly patients adopt to that? But the yeah. more easy you make it to adopt it from technology standpoint, and like that's why I gave the example of my 91-year-old patient, because yeah. the elderly patients, most of our patients do have a phone, and all they have to do is just press a button. And actually, these these patient population actually likes it even more because nobody ha- they don't have to rely on anyone for transportation. They don't. They feel like. Uh, they're doing it in their own home, in their own comfort, at their own time, actually gives them that confidence and comfort and uh, more independence that they like. And this is the feedback that we are hearing from our elderly patients who are doing the video visit. And I think they probably feel a little bit more in control. Yes, exactly. And that, that and they like that, right? And uh, like the like right. winter you said, uh, one of our patients was saying that uh, when I said, is, is the winter bad? And she it said the exact thing. She said, yeah, sometimes it is like two, three days, the clinics are closed. But uh, now moving forward, we are evolving this platform. We will have a lot more revenues for the patient. 
and we do we will we do not need to cancel any appointments we are still going to speak with the patient we are still going to make sure that the the patient's uh, uh, concerns are addressed uh, so that that's what is making the patients happy that's what is making the team happy about that yeah i you know i i'll tell you just watching this evolve since covid-19 has come i mean i'm an old time nurse so you know for me these are all new things too right but i'm not as technically challenged as you would think i'm i'm still you know in the in, i'm 59 so i'm still on the cusp but you know i've had to change the way i I've, I've done things too but i'm thinking to myself this is going to revolutionize the way i practice my own healthcare yes The, the, and the, we always spoke about i give the example of a solar system right once upon a time the hospital is in the center and we would say we are here for you we are here for the community but now right. patient is the, in the center our patient is in the center and they would like us to make sure that our resources we facilitate them in such a way that we go to our patient and that is what our system's mission is trinity health mission is to serve the community to go to the community where the community needs us right and this particular right. platform exactly helps us to do that helps us to align with our mission and perform those community centered services when the patient needs them where the patient needs needs them and how the patient needs them and we i and in and, and i think in effect it's going to definitely help economically because it's going to help reduce healthcare costs to some degree absolutely for the for the patient again when i use that care coordination example is because imagine the same patient coming from somewhere going from one hospital, one clinic to a different clinic and a different provider and then going to different place to get tested and so rather than all of those visits from transportation to even the fees for all of those services so just because they are going into these facilities and all of that most of that will come into consideration when we are talking about this and from healthcare standpoint that's another thing that we are looking at how will it uh, how will it save the cost for our patients uh, in i think you when we were talking the other day you know we were talking almost like there's always an there's an opportunity also to have our team of telehealth in one location yes that's the goal like we 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 are talking about several strategies at this time of how to evolve this what would be the best thing to do for our communities trinity right. health has done a great amazing work especially the trinity health of new england has done an amazing work we have an ambulatory care strategy and we are following that we are achieving that we are developing according to that and that strategy has been developed by the team based on the community health needs assessment so looking at that and now that we have this huge platform yes we are still going to have the brick and mortar services but the virtual right. services also so how can we integrate them how can we make sure that we are meeting the community health needs should we have one specific location offering all the time the telehealth services and as this core team assigned to the telehealth services or should right. we have like a multidisciplinary team uh addressing specific telehealth services like uh, post covid-19 discharges or post hospital discharges or integrated behavioral health or uh, cancer survivorship so are there any specific programs like that uh, that our community needs uh, 
that would be the better ones for us to start with so that's the strategy discussions that are in progress now and i'm sure right. you will be seeing a lot more evolving from that uh, we are all very excited about the work that is being done and i'm hoping the community also uh, gets aware of all those resources and get uh, excited with us we're so excited to have you here helping us guide us down the path we you know years ago um and now he is actually the vp of our business development and um I'm, I'm hopefully he's not listening cuz i'm going to give him a kudo and i don't want him to think that i'm i'm trying to give him credit but claudio capone who is my boss he was here in waterbury at st mary's with me we worked together and one of his visions was and it continues to be so is creating the ambulatory centers as all encompassing and putting in your specialty swing space and your primary care along with your urgent care along with your lab and your x-ray so that you have this complementary of service in one location to consolidate yes. Yes, you you got it. Actually, Claudio and I met just this morning, and we went through this again. And it's like uh, it's like we are we are we are speaking the same terms, right? Because when I, when I present yes. something that I I am aware of and uh, about cancer survivorship program and how we can develop that, and Claudio was like so excited, and he exactly like you said, you know. So uh, what what are all the things that can happen, and what is all. there is already a lot of work the team started doing in the lines of the strategy and robin that's one great thing in the trinity health and in trinity health of new england not every team member is aligned with that mission and the leadership is aligned and that's extremely important right the leadership at all, all levels is aligned with okay this is what the community needs and this is what we are going to develop and this is how we are going to develop and that motivates the entire team to move in that direction for the community it's so rewarding to be part of an organization that has the vision you know i've been a nurse again for a very long time and medicine has changed so much and it's it's an honor to be part of a system that thinks community based and how can we serve that community and these platforms you know i know we're going to be on the covid-19 but there is life god willing after covid-19 right so some of the yes. things we learn right now are going to be what we use later absolutely and some of the other things that we are looking at and we are already doing that in trinity health of new england that we are obviously going to extend because one of the things that you will hear in the country anywhere we are from is yes access is important and this telehealth is going to improve that access and care coordination is important again telehealth is going to enhance the care coordination efforts that we are already doing and the third and most important is physicians availability right because there is a physician shortage in the entire country especially some right. of the specialties are more shortage compared to the other specialties some of the primary care areas more shortage to extend the workforce that we have available they, that's where again telehealth helps so like for example our palliative care team we have a a, a, a a core palliative care team that functions from Hartford that said though mm-hmm. our other markets also need the palliative care more so now than any any time before 
So we were looking at how can we extend the workforce that we have uh, and all make sure that that particular workforce can actually provide the services throughout our markets across the state lines. And we are providing those services to other hospitals across the state lines, utilizing that only core team that we have at Hartford, utilizing the tele platform. These are right. provided to provider consults, provider to family consults, and provider might be in a completely different state and family might be in Massachusetts, but still we can create the same environment and same satisfaction to the family with these consults. It's amazing. And, you know, my job is to work with our community physicians and also look for physicians that may want to become part of our team. So I have found that incredibly an easy fit for a lot of our docs out there. And um, there's a lot of physicians that realize what the vision is and we're educating them on that vision. And I think being able to communicate that with your leadership and the leadership that we have in Hartford has been easy for me to be able to translate that. That's wonderful. Wonderful to hear. Yes, we do have one, uh, community collaboration-wise. We, we are a clinically integrated network, so we have a lot of community partners with us, uh, and we have the opportunity to go in front of the community partners in this en- environment. Or when I say friend, it's WebEx, of course. Uh, so we do <laughs> go through the WebEx, and we communicate about uh, several things that we are doing, not only from... Uh, Fury clinics and the virtual visits, but also from the hospital standpoint, we are doing a lot of things to make sure that we are prepared for uh, the surge and for the uh, outcomes that are happening now and we are prepared for now and also post-COVID-19, where where it is going to go, how it is evolving, how are we going to address the patients that are going to come back after post-COVID-19 or the surgery. So we are constantly looking at all of that and we do take it to our uh, community partners very regularly to make sure all of us are on the same page with that. Which is definitely our liaison's job, myself and my and my team, because working Excellent. with our community providers and giving them the information on how to assist their patients with the Fury Clinics, as well as helping them, they're on, a lot of these um, physicians are also using telemedicine, helping them give them ideas on what's the latest standards and the coding for this. And they're so appreciative of us checking in with them, even though they don't work for Trinity, they're our community partners. And now helping them with coordinating the surgical surge, as we're calling it, um, for after COVID-19 and assisting them and how that can be run smoothly for themselves Mm -hmm. and the safety of themselves and their patients. That's a wonderful work. Thank you so much for doing that because everyone needs help, right? You bring up a good point. When you say coding and the payer reimbursement, that's something that all of us are learning as we go by because uh, payers uh, have opened up their gates and there is a lot of coding guidance that is coming uh, through that uh, every day and we need to be keeping up to date. And in the Trinity Health System, we are fortunate because we do receive that guidance very regularly. But we also want to make sure that our partners also receive that guidance regularly. And I'm so glad that you and your team are uh, keeping up with that. I'm, I'm, I'm it's, well, it's that definitely under your direction mm-hmm. and Claudio's and, and, and Dr. Edie's and Dr. Hussein. I mean, they provide us with the resources we need and the support to be able to do that. So it's a team effort for sure. One thing Wonderful. I wanted to talk about that Go I ahead, forgot please. to bring up 
with telemedicine is we've actually been using telemedicine and we're talked about it for primary care, but we have been utilizing it for with specialty from our ER with our neurologists and stroke. Do you want to maybe yes. talk a bit about that? Because I forgot about yes. that because I know we've been doing that. So, yes, we we did have teleneurology, and uh, we do have the teleneurology unit here also at the St. Francis Hospital. And actually, we built upon that. Now, uh, Now, like I said, we do have like a platform that we can assist with tele-ICU if the surge happens to such an extent that our critical care providers have to provide the consult to Johnson or to other, um, to St. Mary's or Mercy from uh, Hartford. Right they'll be able to do that utilizing the similar kind of platform. So, yes, we did have the tele-urology, but now we evolved it much more into tele-ICU and tele-palliative care within the hospital, and also our ID providers are trained in that so that if necessary, we can extend uh, the workforce from from one location to different consults in other areas. And uh, that also, not only that, but we are also looking into how can our patients connect with their families, right? And that's, that's, mm-hmm. that I want to say is our other virtual platform. How can we provide an iPad to our patient and they can connect to their family? Or if the patient is vented or if the patient is in the ICU, how can we make sure that uh, several providers can consult with the nurse there or with the team there and address the care of the patient? And we, we also have platforms that we are exploring now to introduce that uh, concept. So I want to make sure that I go back to, for the community, as we're talking about this, if you're, we're talking about telehealth and zipnosis, which is kind of a, a trade name for the type of visit we do, but it's really starting your virtual visit. So if you go on Trinity Health of New England and you click start a virtual visit, it will take you to a page um, that refers to zipnosis and you can start a visit or you can click learn more, which will give you an idea of what we're going to, we can do. But if you click start a visit, it will go through the whole process with you as, as Doc has explained in regards to if you're an existing patient, if not, and what you do from that point. So I want to make sure that we go back to that and I give people the direction as it stands for zipnosis and our virtual visits. So believe it or not, Doc, we've gotten close to the end. So I want to make sure we have an opportunity to end with a few closing words or you're able to, you know, say say a few closing words to our community. Absolutely. The first thing is going to be be safe. Uh, the mm-hmm. basic precautions are washing hands, maintaining the social distancing that is being recommended. And if you are minimally ill, staying at home is the best recommendation. But if you do need any help, like Robin suggested, Fury Clinics, uh, they are there on the website. The phone numbers are there. You're welcome to call any Fury Clinic that uh, you believe is nearby your location. And you should be able to be seen on the same day, with, if not within the same hours. And, and also same thing with our televisits. Televisits are for uh, everything, right, for the chronic disease also. It doesn't have to be the COVID-19 symptoms. It could be some, something that you have chronic disease symptoms or you have some other acute symptoms. Virtual visit, like Robin suggested, hypnosis is the best, best and the most easiest way to get into the virtual visit fast. That is advertised again on our uh, website. 
you can go in there you can press that button it's very very easy platform and uh, you can go from there and audio visits and video visits are also available of course and we do believe the future of medicine is definitely moving in this direction even after we get through the pandemic absolutely we are going to evolve it even more we we will uh, because now the providers and patients have adopted that uh, i believe patients also would like to have it more and more because now that they are seeing <laughs> how convenient and how satisfactory that visit can be uh, they they actually want more and more they are requesting for these visits now and they will continue to request those visits after covid uh, post covid also and our providers are seeing the same thing some of our providers like you suggested robin once upon a time maybe they're thinking you know is it is it the same as the i'm standing with the patient and the holding her, the patient's hand but guess what the patient satisfaction is the same because they are getting the care where they would like to get it at at the convenience of their home so the patient satisfaction is exactly the same there are going to be some uh, clinical situations where this patient may still have to come to the clinic for the best medical decision but most of them can be taken care through the telemedicine and most of the primary care can be taken care through the telemedicine and some multi speciality follow ups can be taken care through telemedicine and that's where this is evolving so there is a huge future for this yes so dr Chirakuri, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time, especially during this crazy time um, with everything that we're going through with this pandemic, pandemic to be here, have this, this informational conversation with me that you will be able to get out to all of our community. It will be available on podcast, as everyone knows. Um, but I, we do have a lot of live local listeners, and I'm sure they're going to be emailing me with their questions. So I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight, and you be well and stay safe. Thank you, Robin. You are so kind, and thank you so much for having me. You know, this is something that we are very passionate about at Trinity Health. These are the community programs that align with our mission and vision, and technology itself, from the telehealth standpoint, my personal passion. passion also so thank you so much for having me on this program and letting me speak about that to our community i appreciate the opportunity and please be safe everyone oh thank you and yourself and i'm going to reserve the right to bring you back absolutely anytime i would be proud to speak about all the efforts that uh, the team and everyone all of us are doing here for the community yes absolutely definitely when we get on the other side of this and we have more of what you spoke of earlier we will definitely bring you back to educate everyone so thank you doc for joining us thank you robin take care have a great night you too bye 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 I want to thank everyone um tonight for listening to us. I hope you stay well and stay safe. Again, that was Dr. Manjula Sherakui. Um she is the medical director of Trinity Health of New England Medical Group. She's what one of our regional leaders um so she runs all of our medical group in the entire system so Waterbury Hartford as well as Springfield um and she was with us tonight discussing our community centered efforts and what we're doing with our peri clinics and our telemedicine and i want to quickly remind you you can go onto our website um you can go on stmh.org
if that's your local website, or you can just go on trinityhealthofne.org. And if you click on Corona a virus, what you need to know, you will get all the information regarding our Fury Clinics and where they are, where what the phone numbers are, and how you go about connecting with someone to get an appointment to be seen. Um, and you can also go on to our website and click on Start My Virtual Visit, and you will be connected with one of our um, incredible Trinity Health of New England providers to start a virtual visit with them. I want to thank everyone again for joining us tonight. This is Robin Sills from Trinity Health of New England, St. Mary's Hospital. Have an incredibly safe and wonderful weekend, and I will be back in two weeks. Thank you for joining me. 